Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another special edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. Tonight, we will recap the decisions made by FIFA to allow 16 cities within three countries in the north zone of CONCACAF to be awarded matches for the 2026 FIFA World Cup. Later on tonight, we'll be joined by Carter Krishnayer of uh, World Soccer Talk as we will be discussing this. And you know what? I have to say this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, What an event this is going to be when the World Cup returns to the United States, joined with our North Zone friends, north of us in Canada, south of us in Mexico, This has been probably one of the most anticipated moments that we've been waiting for for a very long time. Two cities in Canada, three cities in Mexico, and the rest of the field here in the United States. And, you know, before we begin this show, and we'll have Carter Krishnayer on from World Soccer Talk uh, once again Uh, Later on on this show, I have to say this. When 1994 came around, I was 21 years old. Of course, you know, just getting started as a soccer fan again when I was a kid. My father drove me to Giant Stadium. We watched the New York Cosmos play. No, I don't. I don't think I've ever saw Pele play when he was with the Cosmos. I did see Giorgio Canalia play for the Cosmos at the time. But to see what Giant Stadium was filled to the hilt of soccer fans, watching them play, giving a match, the amount of people that were dedicated to the sport back in the day, and to see some great, great uh, footballers of that time coming to North America was a wonderful, wonderful thing to see. Then, of course, the NASL died. Talks of bringing a World Cup to the United States. And the only way they were going to be awarded the World Cup was were there going to be plans of a true first division league. That league two years later was Major League Soccer in 1996. At that time, in the summer of 1994, celebrating a Stanley Cup championship with the New York Rangers, sad that the New York Knicks could not win the NBA title over the Houston Rockets, But then jumping from those two moments into a World Cup was just unbelievable to watch and unbelievable to see how much joy 
the World Cup brings to everyone coming over to our nation to celebrate the world's greatest game. At that time, I was a college kid working down at Walt Disney World, spent the summers of 94 through 98 working down at Disney World as a cast member. I did the Disney College program back in summer of uh, spring of 1993. And to see how people were going crazy for the World Cup, the night where at the time in Orlando at the Citrus Bowl, now called Camping World Stadium, Mexico faced Republic of Ireland, defeated them two goals to nil, and then that evening went to Pleasure Island, had a fun time dancing, met a couple of met some couples who were together from Mexico, all from Mexico. As the music was playing, a couple dancing inside a circle of, of their friends. And it was just funny to watch. And I asked, what's the big celebration about? And they said, Mexico win, Mexico win. And it was just unbelievable to see how happy they were to Mexico won a group stage match in the 1994 FIFA World Cup over the Republic of Ireland. And to see that happen... I said to myself, this sport is magical. Not only does it create magical moments, it also creates magical things when people are happy and excited. Anytime you talk about the World Cup, it is a massive moment. And everyone comes together, no matter where you come from or who you are. As soon as the next World Cup cycle came, that started in 2003, going on vacation, back to Walt Disney World, visit friends, For 1998, it was just a fun time to hang out. Later on, 2002, successful World Cup for the U.S. men's national team, going to the quarterfinals, losing to Germany 1-0. Of course, defeating Mexico 2-0 in the round of 16 before that. Went back to Disney World in December of 2002. or probably was December of 2003, and got my information for World Cup qualifying groups in all six confederations. It was a great time for me because I went straight to Epcot on the day of the draw because I I didn't know where to watch it. But I went to, at the time, was called Interventions. Went to their computer section. Of course, ESPN at the time 
was owned, of course, still owned by AB, uh, by Disney as well as ABC. Went to the computer. I got my pieces of paper where I can fill in the spots for both for all the confederations of, of course, Concacaf, UEFA, Africa, and Asia and Oceania. You don't have to worry about South America because that's self-explanatory. Went to have dinner at the Ro- at the uh, UK Pavilion at the Rosen Crown Pub. Decided to help out the English by filling out their World Cup qualification group and got a free pint of beer out of it. The Scots helped the Irish, helped the Welsh, helped the Northern Irish. I was on a four-day pass. Went back to Epcot on the fourth day. Helped out the French, helped out the Italians, the Norwegians. Helped out those that were going to watch World Cup qualifying. A lot of happy faces. Everyone was excited. It was a fun time. This is what this sport does, and this is what this tournament does when it comes to your nation, to your soil. To see the people in New York City outside of the Fox building in Midtown Manhattan, to see all of the watch parties across this nation was just awesome to see. It was absolutely a brilliant sight to see, a wonderful sight to see. Everyone ready for the World Cup, excited that when this World Cup starts and finishes in Qatar, it's coming to North America. Once we get to the 1st of January of 2023, so that we can start the plans for qualification and for the U.S., for Mexico and Canada to take their break as host nations for this up-and-coming World Cup tournament. I think there's uh, excellent choices here. Maybe one or two or three new new uh, choices. Obviously, there's been some disappointments that certain cities will not get the World Cup for the, for a second time in a row. Unfortunately, that's the breaks. And I'm not saying that, ha ha, whatever. No, no, that's not that's not correct. That's not correct. Honestly. In all honest in all honesty, all you guys say is this. This is gonna be a fun time. All the bars will be filled to the hilt watching these World Cups. This is gonna be massive. This is what makes everything so special. This is what makes everything so good. 
We're all going to come together. We're all going to have some fun. We all hope that this world, I shouldn't say this World Cup, but the next World Cup that will be here, it will be the biggest run for U.S. soccer. Maybe we'll see Canada make a run. Maybe Mexico will get out of the round of 16 for once. We don't know what will happen, but one thing is for sure. And that is, this is going to be a lot of fun for not only this upcoming November, but also for 2026. And I personally cannot wait. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. We are going to have a hell of a time. And now we can start planning for not just this World Cup, but for the future World Cup that's coming four years down the road. This is exciting. This is fun. This, my friends, is what we've been all been waiting for, what we've all been hoping for. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait. This is going to be exciting. And we are going to have a party. This will be a party, without a doubt. This is going to be exciting. This is what we've been waiting for. The return of the World Cup here in CONCACAF, here on our shore, on our soil, joined by our friends in Canada and to the north, and to our friends to Mexico in the south. I know Mexico is going to be trying to fight to have that final return to the Estadio Azteca when they were the solo hosts those last two times. I think we deserving to have the final championship match hosted here on American soil. Joining me right now, Carter Krishnai from World Soccer Talk as we discuss the selections of our host cities in all three nations of the North Zone. Kardik, welcome back. Uh, happy time uh, as a soccer fan in this area of the world, and as well as CONCACAF. This has been uh, excruciating to watch, but still, though, exciting and fun that we finally know where these matches will be played in four years' time. Yeah, so um, some straightforward picks. I mean, I think uh, places like Los Angeles, Toronto, Mexico City, I, I think those three we knew. Uh, for sure, we assume New York, New Jersey, MetLife, um, and then after that, I think, and I think we probably thought Seattle and Vancouver, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But there were some people who who thought maybe you avoid the whole Pacific Northwest, which I, I think would not have gone over well. Um, and I think if you pick one, you have to pick the other, right? So Vancouver, Seattle, both both uh, across the line. Um, but some other picks that I guess people might feel controversial. Kansas City is one. Um, I certainly think, look, it's tough. Uh, I, I, I would have gone Orlando-Nashville and not Atlanta-Miami. I would have picked two completely different cities than they picked in the southeast. So I, uh, 
we could talk about that. Um, no Baltimore, that was pretty disappointing to me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think otherwise it's pretty straightforward. I mean, I guess if you think Kansas City was competing with Cincinnati, I think Kansas City is the better choice of those two. But still, it seems like there was a lot of sentiment for Cincinnati for whatever reason. Um, but uh, I think ultimately KC was probably a pretty good choice. I, I think so, too, and because, you know, the Hunts own the Chiefs in Kansas City, and I think, you know, to have it both, you know, in Kansas City and Dallas were the, I think, the most logical choices. We all know Jerry Jones was going to, you know, kick and scream to have a World Cup match or a couple of matches, you know, where the Cowboys play. So, and, you know, the Hunts are very influential uh, running soccer, not just with FC Dallas and Frisco and having the Hall of Fame there, but, you know, also owning the Chiefs and, you know, what Lamar Hunt has done for the sport in the United States. I think it was going to be a natural fit that Kansas City was going to be in there uh, for this selection. Uh, You know, Houston also involved uh, with this. I was actually shocked we're going to have two Dallas, excuse me, two Texan cities involved with this selection yeah. process, I thought one or the other. Yeah. So, so Daniel, uh, Houston is a city that has no history of hosting anything ever. So that's they're the only city I think um, that uh, of the cities selected in, in all three countries that has no history of really hosting high-level matches in this sport beyond some friendly. Thing. They have had some Gold Cup matches there, but they don't have the history of of, of the other venues who have all hosted something. Uh, maybe Atlanta has it either now that I think about it. Um, but, yeah, so but Houston did surprise me. I thought Dallas was a lock also, I should have mentioned. Yeah, exactly. But I'll say this for Houston. The, well, the only time they ever had a big game, big match, I don't know if you want to call it a big match, obviously, but Argentina against the United States, Copa Centena- the Copa America Centenario semifinal uh, was at Houston. So that was definitely a big match there. But, yeah, I agree with you. Nothing screams out to me that Houston is, you know, uh, a huge, big match city when it comes to the world's game. But they've, there's probably been friendlies there, Gold Cup matches there. Obviously, Canada and Mexico in one of the semifinals of the last Gold Cup last summer. Uh, before the final in Vegas. I'll be honest with you. I'm actually a little surprised that Las Vegas did not get picked, that Allegiant Stadium did not get picked uh, in Las Vegas uh, because of the Gold Cup final that the U.S. and Mexico had, which was I, I don't very FIFA, well attended. I, I, don't think, oh, I was going to say, I don't think FIFA wants to take I don't think they're quite where um, U.S. sports are now or, or British sports, right? The Premier League would more than be, they have betting companies on their shirts. I don't think FIFA wants to go there yet. We know it took U.S. sport a long time to do anything in Vegas, right? It's just been in the last few years that they've opened up to that possibility. So I think that's why, uh, Daniel, this, this World Cup were in 2030, Vegas very well might have been a host city. It's, it's, it's getting over that kind of, um, you, know, you know what I'm saying, the gambling uh, aspect of it that, that mm-hmm. rubs some people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but you know what? Uh, once again, Los Angeles already uh, SoFi Stadium has already been announced in this announcement as the host stadium for these World Cup matches. I mean, let's be honest; it's it's a brand new stadium, 
And, you know, there are some that are saying, well, they should go back to Pasadena, which I don't think FIFA is going to go back to the older stadiums, you know, the college football stadiums. They want to be in newer uh, venues. Obviously, SoFi is one of them. Uh, there's no way I would have seen them go back to the Rose Bowl. There's no way they were going back to Washington, D.C., obviously. I mean, you would have thought maybe FedEx Field and Landover, Maryland, in the D.C. area. And that's the one thing I think many people were very shocked to see, Washington, D.C., not getting a uh, a World Cup match at all. Obviously, you got the new Nationals Park, the baseball stadium. Audi Field for the MLS, D.C. United was not big enough for a World Cup match. No one's going back to RFK. And, of course, there's always there's these talks of, you know, moving out of Maryland for the for the commanders to go to Virginia, which obviously we don't know what's going to happen with that stadium. But the truth of the matter is, is so, that Daniel, that's to, a shocker. Yeah, it's it's it, it's not a shocker so much that uh, they didn't put games in Landover. I don't think they were going to do that. The shocker is um, it was assumed from all of my sources, all the people I talked to, that Baltimore was going to be a host city. Um, and that would kind of, you know, that would kind of do it for, for the, for the capital region, right? For the, for the uh-huh. capital. Okay. You're not having DC, you're mm-hmm. having games in Baltimore. Close enough. Um, somehow Philadelphia or Boston snuck in back in at the last moment, or my sources were all wrong, which is possible. But as I jumped on Twitter, other people were saying the same thing that they, you know, they thought Baltimore or Washington was over the line. I've been told it was Baltimore. So, um, that's. Um, that's pretty surprising because I think you're then now looking at a situation where um, uh, you don't have matches in the national capital region. You're going to have games in Foxborough, which I, you know, I, 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 Boston is one of the great cities, one of the great places in North America, one of the most historic places. So you love to have um, that metropolitan area represented, but they do not, have an urban venue for this sport. Full stop. You don't have other, and that would be, you know, that could be the case against Landover, right? Which is, by the way, closer to Washington, D.C. than Foxborough. Foxborough is actually, depending uh, on traffic, it's, it's that easier to get to Foxborough from Providence than it is from Boston. So It is. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't like the Boston choice as much as I like Boston. And I think, you know, what you do there is you bring Baltimore or Washington back into the mix, whether it's Baltimore or Washington. Either way, I think Baltimore is probably better. But um, you, then you have that region covered. So right now you don't have a World Cup venue uh, between Atlanta and, uh, and Philadelphia. And that's, uh, right. that's a big geographic expanse. Um, and then you have a clump of, of venues, right? You've got New York. You got Philly, New York, Boston, Toronto. They're all very close to each other. Yes, they are, and um, I think that Boston, was a very good uh, job picked, there. Right? Mm-hmm. Montreal got picked. Yeah, so Montreal. Yeah, no, no, two. Montreal did not get picked. Montreal did not get picked. Sorry. So you have, so you have Toronto, Boston, New Jersey, uh, and Philly, pretty close to each other. Okay, that's four. That's I was thinking Montreal got picked and it was five. So it's so if it had been five, that's overkill in one region. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Edmonton was supposed to be in the, you know, in the conversation, but they pulled out. So, and that's unfortunate yeah. for the central because I thought 
at least in the central region, maybe even in the west, because Edmonton's probably, Alberta's more west and more western Canada than central. But still, though, you know, having Vancouver and Toronto involved is excellent. And the truth of the matter is this, Cardiff, outside of uh, Mexico, when you look at these stadiums, uh, you know, when you're talking about true football venues, I mean, BMO Field is really the only true MLS stadium that's going to be used for World Cup matches where the other venues in the United States, you know, they're not going to a 25 to 20, between the 20 to 25,000 seat stadium where MLS has games. I mean, if they ever expanded their stadiums, I mean, obviously then maybe that'll be the next time we host a World Cup somewhere in the you know distant future. But right now the NFL stadiums are the ways to go. Um, and, you know, the San Francisco Bay okay. Area, Levi Stadium, um, that's a venue where I, to be honest with you, I didn't think they would go over to the Bay Area. I thought that they would go somewhere else in the West. I thought maybe they would go yeah. on to uh, Glendale in Arizona. I thought maybe they were going to get a chance to host a World Cup uh, match or two. But that kind of surprised me with uh, Levi Stadium in the Bay Area of San Francisco. Yeah, I think also, um, yeah, and I, we mentioned Vancouver earlier. Vancouver got chosen. That's why Montreal wasn't chosen. Um, but I guess because they picked Vancouver, um, you almost knew they would pick Seattle, right? Now, San Francisco right. is another one, right? I think that that surprised some people. Um, when we talk about these venues specifically, how many of these venues have had soccer in mind when they were built? Um, so – um, obviously, the stadium in Miami is very good for soccer. We know that it's been renovated. Stephen Ross has has a lot of money invested in this sport, right? He's effectively yes. the uh, broker for La Liga in this country and now has uh, assumed uh, the same relationship with UEFA. So we know that stadium is fine. We know Arthur Blank built Mercedes-Benz with soccer in mind. But then uh, when we get beyond that, we're looking – and I think MetLife also has been built with soccer – uh, in mind. Um, but when we get beyond that, we're, we're, we're bringing Foxborough back into this. We're bringing Lincoln Financial Field in Philly back into this with this very, and I think that might have been the thing that killed Baltimore. It's a very tight pitch uh, at, at that stadium. Um, uh, Seattle, I guess, you know, is, uh, I assume Seattle's going to have to put grass in, right, for, for, this, uh, for the World yep. Cup? Yep, yep. So I, is Atlanta. I, okay. Okay, so is Atlanta, right, right. Um, no, I mean, Atlanta, they, they would do it. It's in Seattle where if you start talking about grass with some of these people from Seattle or Portland, they get very, they get very angry. They get very uh, – some of them may be listening to the show, Daniel, so I hate to say this, but you've dealt with this too, that, that people, a lot of Seattle and Portland fans, uh, they, 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 when you say something negative about turf, they, they treat it like it's a family member of theirs. And, uh, yeah, so Seattle will have to do that. So San Francisco – that's a venue that is okay for soccer. And then I don't like the choice of, of, of SoFi over the Rose Bowl. Um, like you, I don't like that. Maybe the, maybe it's the sentimentalist in me, but I understand the optics of having, presumably the World Cup final will be either in Los Angeles or, or New York, right? Or New Jersey, I should say. Um, well, so, yep. Yeah, I mean, I've heard rumors about about MetLife hosting the final in 2026, 
but that could change. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see yeah. what happens. But for now, I mean, we don't know where the final is. I've heard rumors that's going to be at MetLife. Maybe you've heard rumors will be at SoFi. We'll have to wait and see. But until then, right I, now, I, you know, these I, are the venues. I just assume it'll be one or the other. I mean, the only other place that could in the U.S. that could sneak in would be Miami, but I think it would be a distant, distant third. So I think it would be L.A. or, or New Jersey, right, for the final? Right, right, right. That's um, what I've heard yeah, myself so as well. I, I, I'm, well uh, I, I think that it's, it's going to be important also for us right here to acknowledge that this, the, the need to have large stadiums for the U.S. component has taken Chicago uh, out of the mix, which is really unfortunate. Um, from my perspective, mm-hmm. and um, I know in 2009, I was on a call with Neil Gawadi, this is going way back, but this is when they were bidding on, oh, God, what year were they bidding on then? 2018. They were bidding on the 2018 World Cup in 2009, U.S. soccer, and they had narrowed down their own Yeah, because that was... One- yeah. Yes, because that was then where FIFA and Sepp Blatter were accepting bids for two different World Cup years, 2018 right. in Russia... And, to, and, and this one coming up now with Qatar. And we were supposed to get the one for this summer, but as we all know, the underhandedness of 2022 being that Qatar won it and now we're going to have it in the Thanksgiving Christmas area yeah. and not when they're supposed to be now. So there, there was an assumption uh, going into that, right? It was a joint bid and, and it felt like England was the front runner for 2018 and uh, – and the U.S. was for 2022, although you know, there were reasonable arguments that, hey, maybe you take 2018 to Spain, Spain and Portugal, and you take 2022 to Japan, right? There were reasonable arguments, mm-hmm. for that, and people voted that way. But both Russia and Qatar, let's remember, came out of nowhere and made a deal with one another and with FIFA, and we know what happened in both getting awarded the World Cup on that same day. But my point was that I was yep. on a call with Sunil Galak in 2009 when I was – in better stead with U.S. soccer, let's put it that way. So I was on some of these calls, and he talked about Chicago and said, basically, we, want, we, we, we didn't want to cut them. The stadium is too small, and we hope by 2018 or 2022 when we host, and now it's 2026, they have a stadium that fits the minimum requirement for what we need to do in terms of ticket sales. They still don't have that. So uh, unfortunately, that meant it was Kansas City or Cincinnati and uh, KC got it. I mean, what do you think of that, Daniel? What do you think of KC over Cincinnati? I know that's a big talking point for people. You know, honestly, I think Kansas City, like I said before, I mean, the, the Hunts being involved in soccer in this country um, was a part of it. Uh, um, excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, you know, look, I, I think sporting Kansas City supporters for both in the Missouri part and the Kansas part has – in reality shown they can support the game. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a SK, a sporting Kansas city match or a USA match, whether it be a world cup qualifier or friendly or a gold cup match. I think in the Midwest soccer has really grown in popularity. I can definitely tell you talking with Jay Mims, head coach of union Omaha, and they're on a they're on a U.S. Open Cup run right now, and they're going to be taking on Sporting Kansas City this coming Wednesday in the Open Cup semifinals. I mean, excuse me, quarterfinals. 
the Midwest has really grown into becoming a huge soccer area within this country. I mean, you could definitely say whatever you want about St. Louis because, you know, that's all you have ever heard about. But to see how Kansas City has grown, to hear now Omaha, Nebraska, how it's grown. I think the Midwest has really grown to say that they can support the sport. And if you are going to get um, uh, tons of people to fly over and you know, go and attend a match um, in Kansas City at Arrowhead, I think it, it's, it's a huge win for them. I'm going to give away a great secret now from my NFL days. So, uh, and, and the guys at Union Omaha, Matt Hominoff, and others, really smart guys who were around that know this um, and, and, and got to the right market. Um, Omaha was number one on our board for expansion for a long time, even though we went to Jacksonville, even though we went to uh, – where were some – I mean, San Antonio was number one. We went there. But um, – and Austin, obviously, we wanted to get into, and USL got to it, got back into it first. Um, after Austin moved from Orlando, right? Um, uh-huh. Orlando, what, Orlando wasn't on our expansion board because um, we thought either because you know, we had a team in Tampa and we thought that uh, MLS might go to Orlando, which they did eventually, but we could have had that market for a few years. But Omaha was number one on our board ahead of the places we expanded to, ahead of Oklahoma City, ahead of Jacksonville, ahead of uh, where else did we put new NASL teams? Uh, ahead of Indianapolis, actually, believe it or not. As, as well as successful as that team has been, although that they were high too. And if we had relocated the Minnesota team, remember Minnesota was league owned, as you remember. Um, yes. Daniel, if we relocated Minnesota, it built Edwards hadn't come in, uh, Bill, sorry, excuse me, Bill McGuire from United Healthcare hadn't come in and bought the team and then obviously took him to MLS and uh, still is a part owner of the team in MLS. We would have moved that team. Uh, we either would have shut down the team or we would have moved them to Omaha. That's the place we would have gone. That's how, that's how good a market we even thought that was in 2011. Um, yeah. And so I'm really thrilled to see how Union Omaha is doing. But, yeah, so fans from Omaha, you know, another really good uh, soccer town is Wichita, believe it or not. Yep. Uh, a lot of yep. fans there, uh, they'll go to games in Kansas City, St. Louis. Um, obviously, the home, really kind of the spiritual home of the sport in this country. Uh, sorry, Seattle fans. Again, I'm taking my second shot at Seattle today, but uh, it's St. Louis, not Seattle. I know they think they invented the game in Seattle. Um, uh, so I think it's great that Kansas City's getting games. I feel bad for Cincinnati, though, because I think recently we've seen Ohio really emerge as a soccer hub um, to the point that I really think USL needs to take another stab at Cleveland and see if they can do something in that market with MLS. It's that firmly established in Columbus. And in uh, Cincinnati, I would even love to see a NWSL team or a USL women's team in one of those uh, uh, cities. And Louisville is right across the river um, from Indiana, very close to Ohio. And Indianapolis is very close to Ohio. I think logically, in terms of just soccer fans in the surrounding area, Cincinnati was a logical choice. But, yeah, you make a very strong case about Kansas City and, and also the Hunt family. We can't. Um, I hadn't thought about that. That's absolutely right, Daniel. They, they are, we're here because of them, really. That's right. No, we are here because of Lamar Hunt and, and the entire family. His sons have done a great job continuing to promote the game. Uh, of course, bringing the Hall of Fame from Oneonta, New York, to Frisco to be a part of the FC Dallas Stadium uh, complex. Of course, the Dallas Cup, the, the youth tournament that's over there as well. Uh, you know, Dallas the Dallas Frisco area 
has been a huge area for sport, for soccer in this in in this country. And once again, you know, you have to thank the Hunt family for for getting all this done and taken care of. Um, you know, obviously when '94 came, it was at the Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. And uh, all you can say is is that you know Detroit City actually being a big story uh, for um, soccer, you know, in the country. And now they've made this move to go into USL Championship. You just have to say that, um, you know, maybe the next time if the World Cup does return to the U.S., that maybe Ford Field will be considered uh, for a World Cup venue inside Detroit, uh, inside the city of Detroit. So, I mean, obviously I can understand why. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I think that would have been the – that would have probably been the play, right? But maybe they don't have enough luxury boxes or whatever FIFA requires there. Uh, there wasn't even – they weren't even a finalist, Detroit. I don't even know if they bid, actually. Um, but um, I don't think – maybe they did bid in the early stages, but they weren't a finalist. But you – that's uh, – yeah, and so the, the choices in the Midwest, I think it's something upon reflection we have, to, we have to think about because it came down to Kansas City and Cincinnati. Normally, if you're thinking yeah. of the Midwest, you would think the major cities are Chicago. Chicago stands out, obviously. Chicago, and I've explained why they weren't a finalist. Detroit, um, uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis-St. Paul, um, and maybe if you're looking at a place beyond that, you would think Indy or Milwaukee. Or maybe not Milwaukee, but uh, St. Louis. And it came down to Kansas City and Cincinnati, which um, is kind of remarkable, whereas in the other regions, it was all the major cities. What cities were we talking about in my region, the southeast? Nashville, Atlanta, Orlando, Miami. Those are the major cities in the region. In the northeast, we were talking about Washington, Baltimore, Philly, New York, Boston. Those are the major cities in the region. Uh, West Coast, we're talking about L.A., San Francisco, um, Seattle, Vancouver. Those are the major cities in the region. So the Midwest is really kind of – and obviously Southwest, we were talking about uh, Phoenix, um, uh, Phoenix, Dallas, Houston. Those are the major cities. So this was a bit of an anomaly. Um, and I, but I think it's a strong thing, Daniel, to talk about because it shows that there were fans in the Midwest, as you just talked about with Omaha and other places like that, all over the place in that region, which is, which is a wonderful thing that's happened. No, it really is. And let me just say this, and even though Chicago does not have um, or was not uh, given the World Cup nod to host games, I mean, you can still have these national teams go to Bridgeview, Nobody's using SeatGeek Stadium. You can still use SeatGeek Stadium for training. Get to downtown Chicago, Union Station, hop on the Amtrak, or take a short flight to Kansas City to get ready for your game. So, I mean, you can still use, you know, some of these cities, uh, you know, whether they have an MLS team, a USL team, you can still use their stadiums or use whatever stadiums are available for your training sessions, and then you hop on a flight flight or you get on the train and you go to your destination wherever you are going to be. So, I mean, it's still a win-win if you're going to have these national teams using, uh, you know, former MLS stadiums or, you know, uh, training facilities, uh, the colleges to go and train and then just hop on a bus, train or plane and just get to the station and get to the stadiums where there will be World Cup games. And so this is also an impetus to improve the transportation uh, between the cities, 
uh, in this period. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, we didn't talk uh, on the Mexico side of things. Obviously, we all knew the Estadio Azteca was going to be in there, a historic venue for all of Mexico. Uh, the Estadio Akron in Guadalajara, in Guad, excuse me, uh, Guadalajara uh, where Chivas plays, obviously that they were going to get picked for this. But I have to say, um, Monterrey's Estadio BBVA, my God, Cardiac. Ever since they built that brand new stadium, I mean, I don't know if you've seen any CONCACAF Champions League matches uh, last year, but that stadium is so majestic. It is so amazing to watch. I've heard uh, from friends of mine, colleagues of mine who follow Liga MX, uh, that stadium is just huge and it's tremendous and it's just an amazing venue to watch. Uh, a Monterey match since they left uh, the 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 um, the stadium that they share with Tigres uh, to go to that stadium. That's amazing. Yeah, no, that that that's that's going to be a great great venue. I think, uh, uh, quite frankly, um, Guadalajara and Monterey have me probably more excited than Mexico City at this point. Um, I. I think also in Mexico, the best football team played outside of Mexico City these days, although Cruz Azul won a title recently. But um, that has me excited. I think that's going to be good. Uh, I think uh, Vancouver will be a good venue. Uh, I, I guess uh, uh, the, 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 um, the energy from local populations will probably be um, uh, supplemented by people traveling. It happens in every World Cup. But in terms of energy from local populations, I think probably the city that is most excited to host the World Cup would be Toronto. Um, of the, all the 16 cities chosen in, in all three countries, Mexico City is obviously hosted before. Guadalajara is obviously hosted before. The U.S., um, I think there's – oh, you know, maybe you put Atlanta on that list, right, because they've never hosted anything big before. Um, we recently had a Copa America in the United States. So um, – all of these cities, most of them at least, hosted were part of Copa 2016. I'm trying to remember the host cities. Yep. Um, yeah. Oh, well, come to think of it, Copa 2016, as I said at the outset, I thought maybe Orlando, I would have gone to Orlando, Nashville instead of Atlanta, Miami. Um, I guess you could have made a case to go Nashville, Atlanta, or Orlando, Miami, because of the geographic closeness. And as you and I talk about almost on a daily basis with one another personally, Daniel, there will be – an incredible high-speed rail between Orlando and Miami by the time this World Cup rolls around, a lot, lot sooner than that, actually, and the only one in the country. So maybe it would have made sense to pick them both. Uh, but 2016 World Cup, I'm sorry, 2016 Copa America, Orlando got chosen over Miami. Um, and part of the my, – my understanding on that, that was, that was partly done to spite Stephen Ross at the time. He was battling with some. So it wasn't actually necessarily a straight pick. It was a pick where – Hey, you know you're trying to compete with the International Champions Cup, um, so we're going to we're going to push back and we're going to cut you out of the uh, out of the Copa America. But when it comes to the World Cup, that's a bigger deal. They're not going to cut them out of it, uh, and, and it's, right. it's not their choice. Right? It, it, it's the choice exactly. of FIFA. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, you're absolutely right there, Cardiff. But I will say this about Miami. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves here. Sooner rather than later, they were due for a big. Event. 
event like this. They were really due to have something, uh, you know, over at Hard Rock Stadium, the home of the Miami Dolphins, uh, to get World Cup games over there. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves here. You know, you know as well as I do the amount of South Americans that live there. Daniel, real quickly, I've got a text from someone who's listening to us. We'll get back to Miami in a minute because obviously it's where I live, so I want to talk about it. But uh, uh, a friend of mine who's listening is reminding me that uh, Washington had dropped their bid in favor of Baltimore. It was effectively a joint bid, and they would have played in Baltimore. Um, I see. So there was no – over was not being considered. It was, it was Baltimore. It was Washington, Baltimore, but it was, they would have played in Baltimore. Uh, gotcha. So okay. that's just uh, so we sorry we said Landover that was probably that was a consideration earlier on they had joined they had joined their bids together that's right and we're back in Baltimore uh, continue on okay Miami. well I was going to say was I think sooner rather than later Miami was going to be a part of this World Cup unlike uh, back in 1994 where uh, Orlando over when it was called the Citrus Bowl. Uh, I remember they hosted uh, Mexico against Repu- Republic of Ireland and Mexico won that one two nil. Um, and that was a fun time, obviously, for everyone. Uh, but, you know, sooner rather than later, Miami was going to get a World Cup uh, involvement some way, somehow. I mean, we all knew, you know, they would always have big-time club matches for friendlies, Barcelona, Real Madrid, you know, Boca Juniors and uh, River Plate, you know, all these big uh, friendly games that were going to be big, these big rivalries, big derbies. But sooner rather than later, they were going to get a World Cup match or two, and right now this is what they're going to get. And um, look, I understand, as you said correctly, Brightline, which is the new high-speed rail that's going to be in Florida from uh, at the moment right now from Orlando to Miami, which, of course, they're going to now extend it to Tampa, but, you know, they got to start – they got the, um, the, transfer, the transportation bill money from the government, so that's going to be exciting to see. But once again – um, you know, in 2026, you know, you know, maybe that transfer station between Sunrail and Brightline was going to get built so that if they were going to go to Orlando, at least then you could transfer from Brightline to Sunrail somewhere uh, before you get somewhere in that Sunshine Corridor. And uh, there would have been buses from Church Street going to the Camping World Stadium. But obviously, Miami's the pick. Orlando this time around is not. But once again, um, I mean, I understand where you're coming from with that. You as a it, my, my, natural I, uh, Floridian. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually, I should keep. I, I should reiterate this. It might have actually been Atlanta that knocked Orlando out because I had more insight into the Orlando bid than I did into the other bids. I had. I, I was just. I'm not going to divulge my sources or how I know, but I was more involved right. in, in, in talking about them. Um, than I was the Miami bid or Atlanta or New York or any other place. But they had um, they had thought that um, at least part some people on their bid had thought Atlanta or Miami would be picked, more likely Miami. Um, so then uh, if Atlanta, if Miami gets picked, they have this rail connecting them to Miami, easy access. You know, you can, put, you can have a team play in a pod like how we have a pod system in NCAA basketball. We've done it actually with the Gold Cup, too, uh, in this country. And we saw, um, we saw how bad travel was around Europe during the last Euro. It was ridiculous. Um, you know, it's a point that my, my friend, you know, the great Taylor Twoman always makes to me about uh, last year's Euro, that the travel was insane for some countries and for some other countries it was not. You know, you have to balance those things. So 
Orlando had felt like, okay, Miami gets picked, that's okay, because we'll get picked and we're a geographic cluster with Miami. If for some odd reason FIFA decides to go with Atlanta, well, well we think Orlando it, it matches up well with Atlanta and Nashville. Uh, we think we, can, we, have a, we have more hotel rooms. We have better um, infrastructure within, the, uh, in, within uh, the cities. We have a tourist-friendly environment. We have more international flights. Although they don't in Atlanta, but they, you know, they were thinking they did. Um, but et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, you know, even if, if they pick Atlanta, it's a great geographic cluster, Atlanta or Orlando. It's, close, it's closer than, than uh, some other things. So I think um, for some people involved with the Orlando bid, Daniel, there was an expectation that I, I think there was kind of a concession maybe that Miami would get picked, um, but they didn't think Atlanta would get picked over them. And well, they I thought think Atlanta, Miami, I, I think uh-huh. it might help them because they're closer to Miami and they have bright line coming. So yep. um, I, I, I assume FIFA knows bright line is coming because the Orlando bid either had it in their bid. But who knows when right. they make these decisions based We don't know. But I'll say this, though. Since they're going to be in Miami, I will say this. Aventura, uh, which they're building a station now uh, in, uh, in Aventura yeah. – Along uh, Biscayne Boulevard, that's technically, in reality, that's closer to Hard Rock Stadium where you can have buses uh, pick you up and take you to uh, Hard Rock Stadium to get to those stadiums. So, closer to the Miami or Fort Lauderdale Station. The closest tri-rail station is either the Hollywood Station or the Golden Glade Station. So you do have tri-rail pretty close to, to Joe Robbie also. Um, I know uh, in the past when teams have played at Joe Robbie, they've stayed at the Diplomat, which is in Hallandale, uh, which is right mm-hmm. right off you know where it's right on the beach. Yeah. Um, speaking of Taylor, and I met him one day when ESPN he was doing a game there. ESPN put him up there. Um, but um, yeah, I, so there is access from the train. So that's actually I just thought maybe they would, and I agree with the Orlando big people. Like maybe they'd want to do it on both ends. You've got the Aventura Station for Brightline. And then you've got um, uh, the the Orlando International Airport station, or actually the you know, the, the, the I Drive station from Brightline. Uh, and let's uh, let me, yep. let's just remind people, of Daniel, because I don't know if people know what we're talking about. This is not a regular railroad. This isn't your 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 light rail in Seattle or your uh, light rail in Miami. Right? We're just talking about tri rail, Miami Fort Lauderdale uh, light rail. This is a high speed rail like you have in Europe or you have in Japan. Um, that is going to reach uh, high speeds that gets you from place to place in less time than driving or really realistically at this point than flying. Exactly. The first of its kind of, obviously the Acela should be like this and the Acela does hit that speed in some areas, like the stretch from like Baltimore to Philly, it hits a pretty good speed. Uh, The stretch from like Trenton until you get to the tunnel under the Hudson, it's a pretty good speed. Um, but you don't have the Acela. But then the Acela is not as fast as it should be. The the goal is for the Acela train to also be this kind of higher speed rail. Um, but Brightline will be that, um, at least from West Palm Beach to Orlando, uh, if not the whole length, uh, by 2026, or actually sooner than that. So that's why um, the bids for the Florida cities look particularly attractive, uh, particularly considering that high-speed rail, which is in place in Germany, um, 2006 people tell me uh, who got to all the World Cups say that was the best World Cup because you got on a train and you went from city to city. 
You didn't have to get on an airplane. You didn't have to rent a car. You didn't have to do anything. Uh, whereas when you went to, when you went to uh, well, I guess Japan has the high-speed rail also, but uh, 2010, when you went to South Africa, no such thing. Brazil, we know how, bad, how difficult that was to get around. Russia has nothing like this. Um, Qatar is a small country, so I guess you can get around easily. But um, that's why, um, Daniel, maybe because you and I are transportation geeks, we, we, we're dwelling on this. But that's why the Florida bid looked particularly good, uh, Florida City bids. And then now that you meant, we mentioned it about the Acela, that's why Boston, uh, not that there's an Acela station in Foxboro, but there's an Acela station in Providence. But New Jersey, uh, New Jersey and Philly look particularly good because of the train, maybe not Foxboro. Uh, and let's remind everyone it's Foxboro and not, Fox, and not Boston. That's right. It's going to be at, uh, in uh, uh, Foxboro, Massachusetts, would be closer to uh, Providence. But the only way to get to Foxboro from Boston is the uh, commuter railroad in Boston, that uh, that T train. So, but that th- there's no train that goes from Providence to uh, Foxboro. So you have to go all the way to Boston just so you can get that uh, commuter railroad train to get to Foxboro. Oh, yeah. So you have to go right, or you'd have to get off in yep. Providence and take it. In, uh, a list or something, which you don't, which is going to, it's going to defeat the purpose of taking the Acela to Providence. So, exactly. Yeah. Fox exactly. Are, actually, Daniel, as we, as we, as you mentioned it, I think maybe Foxborough is the venue that sticks out to me the most as being up the stick. Um, and I would have just slid Baltimore in there in this place. So um, now, now that we've gotten clarification, by the way, from someone listening that uh, Washington and Baltimore were not competing against each other. They, this, Washington had decided to drop the Landover bid and back Baltimore's bid. Um, well, so yeah. um, that's, to me, pretty uh, – I, I, I don't know. It's tough to not give things to Boston. Boston is one of the great cities um, in, in, this, in this hemisphere, but it's, it's, they don't have a proper venue. And we, we've had this conversation over and over again. We're talking about MLS. Whatever we're talking about, we've talked about this issue of Foxborough for, for, for 25 years, it feels like. Um, and I guess we're going to be talking about it for four more now. Yeah, I mean, you know, how many times that the Crafts were ready to build a stadium and then they pulled the rug out of everyone? And, you know, uh, they had some great venue uh, locations to do it at, especially, you know, near – uh, you know, their transit system stations, but then they just take it away and they, it's just going to remain over in Foxborough. And, you know, sooner rather than later, they got to build something. They got to go out and, and build a soccer stadium for the revolution. I mean, it's nice to have everything all in one, one place, but the truth is it, it's time for them to really, you know, grow up and just, you know, look, pick, pick a place you want to build it and, and let's, you know, make it as big as possible, make it for soccer. And then hopefully somewhere down the road, you know, it'll be ready for a World Cup uh, somewhere down the road in the in the distant future. We'll see what happens. But once again, Cardick, um, you know, look, there's some questions. There's a lot of uh, great choices. Uh, and if you want to really, like I said, the only MLS stadium that, if you're looking at both U.S. and Canada, that's going to host a World Cup, it's going to be BMO Field in Toronto because they're not going to be playing at Rogers Stadium, uh, Rogers uh, Center over in Toronto, because that's mostly now just for the Blue Jays. I mean, you, you, Toronto FC, they're going to have World Cup games there in Toronto at BMO Field. I mean, that's the only logical place you're going to have it. There's no other venue in Toronto that is big enough to host uh, you know, a World Cup match. 
because you can't not have the World Cup in Toronto, which was the point we said yep. initially. Now they had made the decision. Uh, what 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 was the venue that cut, got cut out of the Women's World Cup? Uh, was it was it uh, Montreal Toronto. or was it was Toronto? Oh, Toronto. Yeah, so it was Toronto. It was, it was Toronto. What? Yeah. So I remember the controversy over that, and I thought I thought it was Toronto, but I, I asked you the question because I thought, oh, as I was saying, I thought, oh, maybe it was Montreal. It was Toronto, and the outcry made it feel as great as that World Cup was, and we remember that fondly as Americans in particular, and Carly Lloyd. Yep. Uh, you know, after the struggles to get to the final, and Japan had been a team we'd had so much trouble beating. Um, you know, they were neck 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 and neck with us. Uh, at, at that point in time, you know, that was when we pulled away from Japan, pulled away from the rest of the world with that match. But that World Cup, there was a cloud over it because of the turf and because they ha- didn't have games in Toronto. And as I said uh, earlier in the show, I think no city is going to be a better host city in terms of the local population than Toronto. So uh, BMO is smaller. BMO is what? They, they can they can push it to 35, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. They could. They could bring in mm-hmm. temporary... But that's about it. Uh, but it's going to be a proper venue. And I think it's going to be fantastic. And I, and I hope that, um, assuming Canada is in as the host or they, and, they, and or they qualify, I think they qualify if they, uh, they're not given a direct entry. They're, 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 they're that good now. I actually saw a World Cup uh, thing by a British site that ranked uh, – they didn't, they didn't totally diss the U.S., but they ranked Canada ahead of us. And they, they were rating Canada pretty highly, by the way, going into the World Cup. But – um, Canada, uh, I would hope that the Canadian national team would be able to play games at BMO. That would be awesome. In a World yep. Cup, Same. can you imagine? No, I think that would be great. Be of course. No, I, I think it's great. I think, Toronto, I think BMO Field has been a great venue for the Canadian uh, national team, either the men or the women. I think, they've been, I think the women better on the West Coast, especially in Vancouver. But I will say this uh, right now, Cardick. I, I, I mean, I don't have really a problem with any of the venue picks. I mean, yeah, we can question here and there. You feel bad for Chicago. You feel bad for Baltimore. But other than that, I, I just think that we got ourselves uh, in four years' time. I think we got the right venues. I think we got the right uh, ideas and uh, to see what will happen in four years' time. And I, I just cannot wait for the World Cup to come uh, after we're done in Qatar. And hopefully for this upcoming World Cup, uh, the USA has a good run, and we'll see what they'll do uh, once November comes around. Yeah, and we will, and, and uh, we'll have a lot of time to preview that and talk about the teams in our group, too, England and Wales, who I follow closely, and Iran, who, admittedly, da- Daniel, I need to learn a lot about him. I think you, you might be in the same boat. Yeah. I, I don't know as much about, about us or no, England, I, and England and England. About. Yeah, exactly, and I agree with you. I mean, but the thing is this. I want revenge for 98. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I want yeah. revenge for '98. That that's because that's the last time the U.S. and Iran were in the same World Cup qualifying. Excuse me, a uh, World Cup uh, group in the World Cup. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But Cardiff, thank you again as always. Appreciate your time, and I'll. T- okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.